gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. my two cents podcast this is episode 129 which is entitled step your game up i'm your host g2 and before i get into today's topics i want to read you guys off the national food days of the week today being june the 4th it is cognac day so please drink responsibly and what you could do is eat some cheese that could probably soak up some of your uh, alcohol if you do drink uh, cognac so again drink responsibly but you also could eat cheese with it since it's cheese and cognac day uh tomorrow june 5th it is moonshine day Again, drink responsibly, as well as gingerbread day, as well as ketchup day, which is a weird thing to have all three of these things on this day, but I don't make the list. June 6th, it is applesauce cake day. June 7th, it is chocolate ice cream day. June 8th, it is jelly-filled donut day. June 9th, it is international lemon drizzled cake day, as well as strawberry rhubarb pie day. Now, to end it off, June 10th, it is iced tea day now with that out of the way i want to give my condolences to the family of dc young fly because his partner and the mother of his uh three children has passed away this week um no official like official official details has really came out there's only been speculation the latest speculation is that his partner went to miami and she was going to get plastic surgery again this is all alleged I have no idea. Nobody has any official, like, notice or details that has come out yet. So I don't want to put that out there and make that as the official thing. But long story less long, she passed away in Miami. DC Young Fly no longer has his partner, no longer has the mother of uh, his three kids. The children no longer have their mom. I feel sorry for the children. I feel sorry for DC Young Fly. I do want to extend my condolences out to his family and her family as well. I just want to extend my condolences out to both uh, families here. Now, on to international news. More condolences are on the way because as this comes from Reuters, um, India's worst train crash in decades kills at least 288 people. An official would say Saturday, this is the worst rail crash in over two decades after a passenger train went off the tracks and hit another one in an accident, a preliminary report blamed on signal failure. One train in Friday's accident also hit a freight train parked nearby in the district of Balashore in Odisha State in the east of the country, leaving a tangled mess of smashed rail cars and injuring 803 people. The death toll has reached 288 as this report will come out. Dead people are still wrapped in the mangled coaches and the rescue operation is continuing, a Reuters witness said, while the death toll is expected to rise. Now, in the article, the chief public relations officer of the Southeastern Railroad would say that the Coromandel Express was supposed to travel on the main line, but a signal was given for the loop line instead, and the train rammed into a goods train already parked over there. Its coaches then fell onto the tracks on the other side, also derailing the Hora Superfast Express. Surviving passenger would say that he would not forget the scene. Families crushed away, limbless bodies, and a bloodbath on the tracks. 
Video footage showed derailed train coaches and damaged tracks with rescue teams searching the mangled carriages to pull the survivors out and rush them to the hospitals. Yeah, that's not a good sight. I don't ever want to look at, uh, for that video, and I would suggest nobody look for that video, to be honest with you. Because just think, you're going to watch or see footage or still like photos of limbless bodies inside of a train that is more than likely have blood from wall to wall. It's not something that you would like to see. And I would hope that people don't try to look for that, to be completely honest with you. So if you could, please keep the people in India in your prayers as family members have lost other family members now because of this. You don't know who was involved in it. You don't know whose mom or dad or siblings or children were lost in these uh, train wreck. So please keep everyone in your prayer over there in India. Now moving over to Mexico, as this was reported from CNN, Mexico police find 45 bags containing body parts matching characteristics of missing call center staff. The 45 bags containing human remains were discovered in a suburb of Guadalajara, according to the state prosecutor's office in Jalisco. The Jalisco State Prosecutor's Office investigating the deaths said it has preliminary information that the body parts, the physical characteristics of some of the young people missing from the call center, seven call center employees were reported missing between May 20th and May 22nd in a metropolitan area of Guadalajara in western Mexico. The Jalisco prosecutor said they found the human remains inside bags thrown on a lot of very steep slopes. Forensic experts have yet to determine the number of victims and their identities. The Holistico Institute of Forensic Science is working with the families of those missing to determine the identification of the human remains. So at this moment in time, if you could as well extend your thoughts to the families over there that might be having to see their loved ones that they've missed since May inside of a body bag. And just think about it. You are getting called because your person or your son, your wife, or whoever it may be, hasn't been seen since May, May 20, May 22nd-ish. And now the police are calling you saying, hey, we need you to come down here. And they need you to identify if this person's head or this person's finger or this person's body part resembles anything of the person that you have deemed missing. Just think about that for a minute. That would be a hard thing for me to see. That would be a hard thing for me to witness and be a <laughs> be a person to say, hey, Gerald, is that your brother in the back? And then I will have to walk over to identify if that's my brother or not. And if it is my brother, I'll have a mental, like, emotional scarring in my head to say my last memory of my brother was him happy and joyful. But now I see my brother inside of a body bag, his head's in this bag and now they got to find the other limbs and other bags or that might not be my brother that's somebody else's uh sibling or family member and now i'm having to see somebody else's head or body part inside of a bag it's so weird how people are able to discard other people you're able to kill someone probably cut them up and put them inside body bags and just literally chuck those bags every which way. It's so weird when you think about what the human mind is willing to do to make sure they don't get caught, but this is the times that we're living in, and it's been this way since, I don't know, when has it not? Because you always hear some type of story on Snapped or um, CNN or Dateline or 
the 60 minutes where they really get down into the business of some real horrific uh, incidents that happen in time. And you see things happening, you hear about it, and this is one of those situations. Now, do I think there's going to be a documentary about it? Of course. Because 45 bags containing body parts? Yo, dog, there's got to be a documentary. There's going to be one. How could you not make one? But as of right now, please, if you could, extend your thoughts and prayers to the families in Mexico that lost loved ones and are still missing. And just in the idea, the missing ones are inside these body bags, and now you got to think and see your loved ones inside of a body bag. It's so uh, weird. But again, please extend your um, love and your support and your just well wishes to these families, DC Young Flies family, the family over there in India, and families down there in Mexico. Now, off to U.S. news. Since we have now just started the month of June, which is Pride Month, expect to see a lot of Pride topics pop up in the news, uh, in whether you're in ABC, CBS, CNN, all that type of stuff. I want to bring you something here that caught my eye. Um, as it comes from the Los Angeles Times, as the title would read, Fight erupts at an anti-Pride Day protest outside L.A. school where trans teachers' flag was burned. A fight erupted outside a North Hollywood Elementary School Friday morning as more than 100 parents rallied against a Pride Day assembly, bringing to a head weeks of turmoil that saw a trans teacher's LGBTQ plus Pride flag burned. Parents who said they were protesting against teaching elementary school children about LGBTQ plus people held up signs outside Sadikoy Elementary School with messages that included no pride in grooming, parental choice matters, and leave our kids alone. Across the street, about 100 counter-protesters gathered in support of LGBTQ plus rights and education. Throughout the mornings, police tried to separate the two sides as tensions mounted shortly before noon, violence broke out. Some LGBTQ plus advocates formed a human chain blocking the sidewalk as a group of marchers tried to pass them. Several other protesters chanted anti-gay slurs at the supporters. One marcher threw water at a counter-protester and pulled off a wig. A few unidentified people threw punches and police diverted the marchers around the line. Officers jumped in to stop the fight, and within minutes, the remaining counter-protesters had left just as the riot crews in the Los Angeles Police Department were deployed. It was not clear whether anyone had been injured or arrested. Now, all of this started because of an incident that happened late last month. A transgender teacher at a school found a pride flag displayed in a flower pot that had been burned and the pot broken. Los Angeles Police confirmed the vandalism was being investigated. The Satakoy Elementary told parents the incident occurred during a break-in over the weekend of May 20th through the 21st. The group behind Friday's protest told the elementary school parents claimed in an Instagram post Thursday that they weren't against LGBTQ plus people. We want to reiterate that our protest is in no way an attack on LGBTQ community, the group wrote. We recognize the importance of promoting equality and acceptance for all individuals. The group, however, has set its sights on Friday's Gay Pride and Rainbow Day assembly and urged other parents to keep their kids home that day. Keep your kids home and innocent. A flyer posted by the group. Videos will be shown to the students, including one where it says some kids have two mommies, some have two daddies. This has caused outrage among parents. 
And when I say this caused outrage among parents, in the article they would state that they did interview a 40-year-old woman that came from Armenia and she stated that she did have a fear that her third grader would be bullied and that she was tired of the quote-unquote propaganda. I didn't come from Armenia for this. I came for freedom and for my children to learn about math and education. Not about this. I might go back home. I'm going to just have to stop you there. You're no way in hell going back there. You're not. Let's just call a spade a spade. You came here for a specific reason. You're going to be here for a specific reason. You're going to shut up and just deal with it. You understand? I hate to sound aggressive like that, but I don't like when people just get upset because of somebody's sexual orientation or you're afraid of this or afraid of that. Let me just explain this and break it down to you. Do I think the school system should be teaching at a young age, elementary schoolers, about sexual orientation, all that type of jazz? No, I think right around middle school age, probably around eighth grade to high school, you can start doing that because that's whenever kids start really experimenting, finding who they are, but they've never really got to the fine definition of finding who they are. They're just starting to scratch the surface. In college, they will either know who they are or they are starting to really find out because now they have more off the leash. But as an elementary school, you're a kid just trying to play around with other kids and all that type of stuff gay, bisexual, straight, hetero, homo, you're not trying to figure none of that crap out. You're just there to have be like be a kid and have fun and everything else. This person, this parent making this type of fuss and muss is completely stupid. The people that are out here doing this is completely stupid. I'm gonna read this out to you again. It's an elementary school, not a middle school, not a pre-high school, not a high school. It's an elementary school. It is nothing but purity small children. Understand that they are going to be kids. They're going to want to learn about things. They're going to want to learn about uh, or just get some type of knowledge about things here or there. That's cool. That's fine. Now, if you think that this school or an elementary school or any type of other school that is pertaining to small children is going to be teaching them about uh, boys with boys, girls with girls, all that type of stuff, I don't think they're going to go that far out of pocket. I think they're going to say, yes, there's some families that have two daddies or certain families that have two mommies. I think they get into that only by surface level. And then, yeah, sure, a kid might come home and ask mom and dad about, okay, what about this? What about that? You as a parent, yeah, you have to have that conversation with them, but you can do a surface level as a parent would do with an elementary school kid. I think this now goes on to the parents. I think this is called laziness. It's called slackness from a parent that doesn't want to teach their kid about a family that might have two moms or two dads. I'm not saying you have to go all the way in depth with them. You can just teach them, again, service level. Certain families have mommies. Certain families have daddies. And they might ask, why not? Because that's just the way it is. Well, why don't we have two mommies or two daddies? Well, because me and mom are a couple. We like each other. That's it. Certain mom and dads they're just not like that. Certain families have two moms and two dads. They like each other, and that's just what it is. And I guarantee you the kid might want to continue to ask certain questions, or they just might be good at that simple reasoning. That's all you have to do with kids. That is literally it. I don't understand what these parents were doing here trying to cause some type of outrage at a kid's school. I don't understand it at all. Again, I only can go by from what I'm seeing and what I'm reading here, and I don't understand what the deal is at all. A gay, what, gay pride and Rainbow Day Assembly, that's what you guys got upset about? Listen, there are bigger fish to fry out here. There are bigger 
fish to fry. As an adult with a kid, you gotta make sure your finances are right. You gotta make sure all everything else is right before you start talking about a gay parade and a rainbow day assembly. That's what you guys were upset about. It doesn't make any sense to me. This is just people that have no type of I'm just gonna say they have no type of anything on their hand. They're just bored or they're just really just whacked out of their mind. This was not going to harm your kid. This was not gonna do nothing to your kid. You guys need to chill and relax. If you don't want your kid to have that type of knowledge or education about gay people being out here, or what gay people have endured, even in the slightest of bit, or just for them to be celebrated, just look into the school, pull them out, and just have them go into another school next year. For the love of God, having fisticuffs with other people that support the LGBTQ plus community over something like this, it made no sense. It was complete and utter nonsense, and it was just completely utter stupid. Now, moving away from parents acting stupid, this next topic comes from the New York Post, as the title will read, Fastest Girl in Connecticut, Chelsea Mitchell, Suing State after losing to trans athletes. The 20-year-old is fighting for the integrity of women's sports after she lost more than 20 races over the course of her high school career thanks to a Connecticut policy that allows transgender athletes to compete in girls' sports. At the end of the day, this is just about fairness. Chelsea Mitchell told The Post, this is about biology. Now, Mitchell, who has declared herself the fastest girl in Connecticut, is challenging her state's policy in court. Mitchell is teaming up with fellow Connecticut resident Selena Soul, who's 20, Ashley Nicolette, 19, and Elena Smith, 19, who ran high school track in the state at the same time she did. The four are suing Connecticut Associations of School and the Connecticut Interscholastic Athletic Conference, seeking to overturn a policy that allows transgender athletes to compete in accordance with their gender identity rather than their biological sex. I wanted to give my voice to my story and help other girls out there so that they wouldn't have to experience this, she said. Now, continuing on in the article, they will talk about Chelsea, talking about how she found her potential as a runner when she broke two school records in her freshman year in her high school in 2016. She talked about how she just kept on getting better and better. And for her goal at the time, it was to win a state championship and to go to college for track. But in her first statewide competition, she was forced to compete against a transgender athlete, something she says she had never really heard of until it happened to her. In that race, the trans competitor bumped her out of qualifying for the next round of the competition. It was just obvious to everyone there that they had a huge advantage. Everyone could see it. By her sophomore year, she says there were two transgender athletes regularly blowing biological women well, female track stars out of the water. Mitchell raced against them in all four of her years in high school. In every race she competed in, she lost two All-New England awards and four girls' state championships as a consequence. Having to lose four of them time after time and trying to pick yourself up and go back to the starting line again and again was really hard because you knew each time that there was no hope to win. Now, she would state that in her junior year, she did file a Title IX complaint against the state's policies but remained anonymous for the fear that exposure might hurt her college recruitment 
of prospects, but in her senior year, she said screw it because she reached her breaking point and she came out of the shadows to file her lawsuit with Selena Soul and Elena Smith. And as of today, Mitchell is running track as a college senior. She declined to discuss where she's going to school for privacy reasons, but she says she'll never know how the dings to her record impacted her recruitment and scholarship prospects. When colleges looked at me, they didn't see a winner. They saw a second or third place, she said. I wasn't a first place finisher, and I think that's what really hurt me. On June 6th, her argument will be reheard before the full Second Council Court of Appeals in New York City after a three-judge panel of the Second Court ruled against it in December. We're hoping that the court will declare that this Connecticut policy violates Title IX, says Mitchell's lawyer, Matt Sharp, of Alliance Defending Freedom. We're asking for the court to recognize the damage done to Chelsea and other athletes and to restore their record and the credit that they rightfully worked hard to earn. Now, having said that, and read that, I'm going to say this. Do I think transgender uh, athletes going into female uh, competitions, do I think that's fair to the females? I don't think that's fair, but I don't see it changing right now because the world is so much evolving. The world is so much constantly going through changes. I think that women are going to either A, continue to push this type of topic towards the judges and towards the the commissions and the committees to make a separation between the biological women and the trans. I think that's going to happen. Or I think just altogether, trans are just going to be in the women's sports and it's going to push the women to be either be better or they're going to try to find a way to outmaneuver the trans athletes, a.k.a. steroids, but for women, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. Those are the only two routes I see this uh, going. And the better one for everybody, I will think, would be for the trans athletes to have their own type of division stepping away from the female division, if you catch my drift here. Because as I said, there's going to be more women that's coming out here. There's going to be more women that are going to have a problem with trans athletes coming into the women's sports and winning all these records that the biological women feel that should be their records because I'm biologically a woman, I identify as a woman, and there it is. Instead of someone that was born as a man and they feel that they are in the wrong body, they transition over into a woman body, they feel like a woman and they identify as a woman, they do all the cosmetic stuff to make themselves to be a woman. And then they start just killing it in the female sporting realm. And now you have women just be upset and be pissed. And you are at this passing point that we're at right now. And it's going to happen more and more until, as I said, one of the two changes happen. Either they make a division for the trans or they just have women that just bulk up with steroids and just cheat their way to win. Those are the only two things, as I said, that will either happen. I think they need to do with the first one instead of having women get steroids and that can cause them to uh, mess up their bodies and something deadly can happen. If we're just going to be truly honest, but we'll have to wait and see. This isn't my first time hearing something about this. Um, I've been watching again. I watch a lot of people talk about things. There was even conversation when I was in college of women having a problem with 
uh, trans athlete being in women's sports. I remember that even being a hot talking point in one of the classes. And I just listened because, again, this is none of my business. It has nothing to do with me. And I like to keep my head out of it. But, again, just me being a bystander, I get to see where this whole thing is headed. But if you want women on steroids and everything could get turned after that, be my guest. But best option, just give the trans athletes their own division and let the women continue doing their own thing. Now, with this right here, do I see any type of ruling going into these young ladies' favors? I don't see it happening, to be completely honest with you. I don't, because if it was, they would have did it the first time down in December, not now in June. But we'll have to wait and see when this week happens and see what type of hearing uh, goes down. Will they side with the young ladies, or will they just dismiss them? But we shall wait and see with that. Now, moving on to our next topic here, as this comes from ABC News, as the title would read, Two Children Rescued from Vehicle on Fire as Woman Shoplifts. 24-year-old Florida woman is facing criminal charges after she allegedly left two children in a car that caught fire while she was shoplifting at a mall, according to the Oviedo Police Department. Alicia Moore, who was arrested for an unrelated warrant, was charged with aggravated child abuse and arson, according to a police report. Moore parked her car in a parking lot of Dillard's at the Oviedo Mall, leaving the children inside of her car. Moore was then observed inside Dillard's with another male and began to shoplift items, according to the police. The two were watching by security for an hour, police said. Moore then began to exit Dillard's about an hour later, only to see her vehicle engulfed in flames. She then dropped the merchandise before exiting the store, according to the police report. Citizens who saw the vehicle engulfed in flames helped the children escape, Authorities said law enforcement and fire rescue were notified. The children were rushed to Arnold Palmer Children's Hospital for medical attention and suffered first degree burns from the fire. According to the police, the vehicle was totaled in the incident. No crap. Now, while in custody, the child neglect and arson charges were added. She now faces a $15,000 bond for the child neglect charge. Police said they do not know how the fire was started, but placed blame on Moore, saying she was neglectful, according to the police report. Now, having read all that, I want to say thank you to the civilians who saw the vehicle starting to get engulfed in flames to help the children out. Because if not, this whole thing could have went extremely bad with two children being dead instead of suffering first degree burns. So I want to thank the civilians out there. And to, I'm not even going to say the mother. Is they just say a 24-year-old woman? They're not even saying that she was the mom or not. Here's my thing with this. You're leaving children inside of a car. Florida, it's hot. How do I know Florida's hot? Because I live in the South. In the South right now, we're starting to get hot. Yes, for the past week or two, we haven't been getting as hot as it usually would be around this time. But now it's starting to get hot now. The humidity is starting to kick up. And it's starting to feel just thick heat-wise. You understand? So now, with you having children inside of a vehicle, you can't really do that anymore. You can't leave a child inside a vehicle. You can't leave children inside a vehicle unless it's on the car is on and you have AC on. That is it. Having a window down isn't going to help because, again, the humidity and the heat, you get my drift and you live in the South, you understand it. Now, I place all the blame on the 24-year-old woman here, Alicia Moore. She's an idiot. You went into a place to shoplift. Yes, thievery is afoot. Thievery is still happening. You're going to still see people trying to steal things. It's a part of what it is. Cool, fine, whatever. But, you left children inside of a car. I'm not down with any of that. Don't leave a child inside of a car. I'm not cool with it at all. If you have 
a baby, you got to bring a baby inside the store. If you have a child, you have to bring a child inside of a store. That means, guess what? You have to use your better judgment and see if you can either steal something from the store or you don't steal at all. And you just go about your day. That's my whole deal with this. She left children inside of a car and decided to steal. But once she started seeing the car an hour later engulfed in flames, she dropped the merchandise that she was planning on stealing. She dropped it. And in my mind, they don't say that she ran towards the car, but if you see your car engulfed in flames with people that you left inside the car, that you still think they're in that car, they're probably burning up, you're going to drop everything to try to rush over there and just find any hope think that you can get them out of there. But as I said, and as reported said, the children are out. Civilians got them out. Thankful for that. But this is another PSA for people that have children or they're going to babysit. Don't leave kids inside of a car in the summer. Don't do it because anything is liable to happen. Bring them with you inside of a store. Bring them with you inside of any place. Or if you plan on doing any type of act that requires stealing or any type of wrongdoing, don't do it. Don't have a kid around if you're going to do it. So, and otherwise, step your game up. Do better. Think better. That's all I'm trying to say here with this. Now, on to the next topic here that I want to play you guys a clip again from ABC News. ABC, I want to say this right now, and give shouts to ABC. ABC, they've been smoking it lately when it comes down to exclusive interviews. The first one they got uh, from the mother that her son shot the teacher. They got the exclusive interview for that. Then they got the exclusive interview with um, the man that lost his wife due to a drunk driver. They got that exclusive interview. Now they got another exclusive interview from the cheerleader that was shot after her friend entered a wrong car. And now the guy left his car to go and follow her and end up shooting. Not the girl that entered the vehicle. She got grazed by it, but the actual other cheerleader that was in her own car. And she got shot three times. And in the interview, Peyton Washington will talk with Michael Strahan and she will tell where she got shot at. So here's a sample of the interview that you can find on YouTube between Peyton Washington and Michael Strahan. Tell me what you remember. I was actually texting and eating Twizzlers like you being a teenager. Exactly. Roth was grazed by a bullet. Washington was shot three times. Where were you shot? My right butt twice and then my back and it shot through. I only felt pain in my left ab. I was like, why is my abs sore? Like, we didn't even work out that hard. Like, mm. why is it hurting? But that's where it went. And, and do you have permanent damage? Yes. My spleen was shattered. My stomach had mm. two holes in it. And my diaphragm had two holes in it. And then they had to remove a lobe from my pancreas. I had 32 staples. What do you want them to know about you and your story? You can literally do anything. If you push and you persevere, don't doubt yourself ever because you can do anything as long as you're putting your 120% into it. Now, as I said earlier, this was just a sample size of the whole entire interview between Peyton Washington had with uh, Michael Strahan from ABC News. I would suggest you go and watch it on YouTube if you want to see it. It's a real inspirational type of interview because towards the end of it, she talks about how it was hard to stand and walk, but she was able to do that. And since she is a cheerleader, she's trying to get back to doing certain things that she used to could do, but she can't do no more. Um, and also, she would mention that she plans on going to Baylor University in the fall 
after she just got done graduating. So she's a recent high school graduate. I hope she does get into Baylor. I'm pretty sure she's in there, but I hope she has a great time in Baylor. This is just me rambling. But long story less long here. If you are met with adversity, you can topple over it. This was a girl that got shot three times for doing absolutely nothing. She was minding her own business. It just was a stupid idiot that happened to leave his car because some person walked into his car by accident. And he gets up and just starts going to her car and starts shooting like a complete ditz and dunce. So, uh, I just don't understand his reasoning or motive right now. They have not released any motive for why the guy shot her or any of that, but they have reported that. Well, ABC reported that the man was released on a $100,000 bond, so the man is out right now. I don't understand how he's out, but again, America, they allow people to be out on bond unless you are a real heinous mofo. So I just don't understand this one, but long story, again, less long. Peyton Washington, she's a great story. She's a great triumphant story. She's a great inspirational story for you to constantly just continue to step your game up. Continue to do what you have to do. Continue to try to make things work for you. Even though, as I said, she is still trying to get back into her usual cheerleading routine. Trying to do things that she once used to do. It just reminds me to always keep pushing forward. Keep doing what I got to do. If I find something hard, just trust me. Just push through it constantly keep going she's a real inspiration story i hope that you guys would at least check her story out listen to her and at least listen to the interview with her with michael that's all i'm just here again and this is not an ad i'm not getting paid for by abc i just find that they are always able to get these exclusive interviews and it's just great to see these interviews and hear from the people from these tragic uh stories be able to speak what happened from their own words and from their own point of view. And it's just always so great. So anytime I'm able to skit and see those type of interviews and bring it back to you guys here, I'm always going to do it. And again, thank you to ABC for doing that and not striking me down either. I want to say thank you for that. Now moving on to Hollywood news. First thing I want to talk about my man, Al Pacino. God bless. Al Pacino is the age of 83 and he's expecting a child. This will be what his third child. He has Two twins who are 22 years old, and this will be his third child, and my man is 83. Now, I don't know what anybody is thinking about this. I'm going to just tell you my personal opinions on it, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Anybody that is of the age of, I'm going to go with mm, 50, you should not be trying to have kids. You don't. You should not be trying to having children. You should not want to try to have children. What? is wrong with you. Do not do it. Having children is a young person game. It is a young person activity. It is a young person ideology. I'm just going to say that right now. I don't mean to sound callous. I don't mean to sound uh, disheartening or sound like a complete dickhead when I say that. But just think about this. And I mean this. Look at somebody in their 20s, 30s, or hell, even 40s that have a child. They're at least able to keep up with them some way, somehow. Now, there are some athletic 50-year-olds that don't look 50, but they can keep up with the kid because they're athletic. They are legit, and I mean this when I say this. They are the legit, what, slim of 50-year-olds. Not a lot of 50-year-olds are active in a way that they can keep up with a small little baby and do 
and care for the concerns of a small little baby. And just say, if you could, in your 50, keep up with the concerns of a small little baby. You gotta wait a whole another decade before they become 10 years old. Now you're 60, or in your 60s, and that kid is now 10, you gotta go 11, then 12, then 13. They start hitting these puberty stages. They start hitting these other steps that you don't want to be dealing with at the age of 60 and upward. My man Al Pacino is 83, okay? His kid will be barely lucky to even get five or six years with Al Pacino because then by that time, guess what? That kid will be five or six. Al Pacino will be about what? Let's go do the math here. Quick math. 88, 89, 90. It all depends if he's going to Albertino's going to have another birthday or not this year. You guys do the research. I don't care about none of that. I'm caring about why are older gentlemen start having children right now or they're deciding to add on to their legacy with children right now. This is not right. There has been research to back up this thing. They say in the 2019 study, they determined that a father's age has a significant impact on a child's health and development. The study found that babies born to older fathers have increased risk of cleft lip or palate, heart defects, autism, schizophrenia, and bipolar disorder. Additional research suggests that advanced age is moderately associated with the most common form of childhood leukemia and it's linked to a slightly elevated risk of pediatric non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Now, this is all effects that you could just trend down to your baby because you are an older specimen and your semen isn't like young person semen anymore. Let's just call a spade a spade here. Old man semen is not like young man semen. This should not be the case right here. Any young woman that is getting knocked up by an older statesman, do not have that kid. Do not. And again, it might be me sounding like a dickhead and I just could be. Please email me and let me have a chat with you and explain to me how I'm wrong if I'm wrong in my, well, am I wrong in my opinion here? But it just doesn't seem right because a parent, you would think you want to spend some significant time with your kid. That's the reason why you have children, at least. That's the most common reason why, because you want to see them from growing to be a baby to them being a teenager to them uh, graduating high school, graduating college. Now this new forms of kids they are now creating their own careers literally while they're in middle school high school now if your kids are a freaking athlete they now can get deals and sponsors real quickly if they start doing youtube and all these other things like i said there has been more avenues for kids now that can easily create money for their well family and now as a parent you might want to see that or you can put your kids in something and kids now they start getting real quickly rapidly get exposed out here to the world and they become more successful as a parent you want to see your kid become successful before you leave out of here now at the age of what 83 as al pacino is by god no no you're not gonna have that much time you're not gonna be able to spend that much time with said kid let's just call a spade a spade here so now your young girlfriend is going to be with the kid and how old is this girl by the way she is 29 years old. I had to do a quick pause just to find out her age. She is 29 years old. 83-year-old guy with a 29-year-old girl. They're going to have a child. No, this is completely wrong across the board. I don't care who you are. Please, if you are thinking something else, 
and you're thinking that this could actually work, please, I beg of you, email me and tell me so I can at least see where your head's at. Or send me some links to some articles of how this thing could work or what's the benefit to it. Please, because right now, I don't see no benefit to an 83-year-old guy getting a baby. I don't see it. I don't see no benefit to it at all. So, again, I'm wishing the baby comes out fine. That's my biggest concern right here. I'm wishing that the baby comes out fine. I should have led with that first. But, again, it just doesn't seem right. But I'm about to get off this topic here. Happy, happy, congrats to Al Pacino. Congrats to his girlfriend. Congrats to them having their first kid together. But... In the grand scheme of things, I hope that the baby comes out perfectly fine. The health of the baby is perfectly fine. None of that crap actually happens to him, what I read to you earlier. But again, for anybody that is above the age of 50 or just at 50, do not try to knock somebody up and do not try to get yourself knocked up because that is not good. It doesn't help no one in the slightest. Now, off to another topic I want to talk about here. I went to see Little Mermaid here, and I'm about to get to Little Mermaid in a minute, but I want to say, you, <laughs> you Hollywood execs that have these children movies out here, you guys are smashing adults in the head with these Hollywood movies, well, Hollywood kid movies, this summer. We just had Little Mermaid come out. You just, this week, had Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse come out. You're about to have more movies coming out in the summer for the children. I mean, parents that are used to taking their kids to the movies, they're going to be spending a lot of money at the movie theaters. Trust me, I know, because I'm going to be spending some money at the movie theaters. That's just what it is, because my sister, she loves movies, and why not? She loves it. We take her to it. She enjoys herself. We love to see her smile, so that's a good thing. But boy, just knowing that it's going back to back to back is just incredibly insane but congrats to them they were able to dominate that but boy you guys are banging people over the head with movies just want to throw it out there and also disney i know you guys want to try to put movies out there that you think people are going to watch because there was a trailer on little mermaid it's called wish it's coming out in november and i'm going to tell you right now i don't think that's going to get you any profits the way you think it's going to be I don't think so. I'll probably wait for another trailer to come out. But from the first trailer that I saw, I immediately thought, nope, this should be a exclusive Disney Plus streaming movie. I don't think that movie should be in the movie theaters. If you guys don't know what I'm talking about, just Google uh, Disney Wish or go to YouTube more specifically. Go to Disney Wish, look at the trailer for it, and make the notion for yourself. Should that be a movie that's going out in theaters or Disney Plus like exclusive streaming movie. Again, I think it should be streaming because I don't think nobody's going to go into the movie theaters and see that, to be completely honest with you. To further prove my point, last year, there was a movie that Disney had, and it was called Strange World. That movie lost Disney $147 million. Now, Disney could easily make that up from other movies to garner a lot more money, a lot more revenue, all that good stuff. But Strange World, that was supposed to be one of their movies. I think they put a lot of money behind it, and it just didn't reach the success that they wanted it to reach. And it was a failed uh, just film. And so they had to throw it on to uh, Disney streaming. And to the point that even I brought that up to my sister, like, yo, you want to watch that on streaming? She's like, no. So I ended up watching it, and i not going to lie to you. I immediately thought to myself, this is why it should have been on streaming. 
because it wasn't meant for the movie theaters. It wasn't, dude. I didn't see no promotion behind it. I didn't see no type of backing behind it. I didn't see no type of nothing. And you expect people to go and watch that movie? I'm telling you right now, Wish is not going to be one of those. It's not going to be like a Little Mermaid that had all the buzz. It's not going to be all the Marvel's uh, type movies, except for uh, the Eternals that did not get a lot of backing. It didn't. But all the other Marvel movies, they get backing. They always show out with the money. It is what it is. So, eh, Wish, Disney, you guys got to make better decisions. You guys got to make better decisions on just... Choosing what movies need to be on your streaming platform and what movies need to be specifically in the movies until it's time for you guys to yank it and then put it on your streaming platforms. That's all I'm trying to say with that. Now, moving to uh, Little Mermaid. I want to give kudos because I saw it this week with my sister, as I mentioned before. Um, the casting for The Little Mermaid was great. Um, Holly Bailey, she did a great job as Ariel. Melissa McCarthy, she did a good job as Ursula. And the rest of the cast was great. Melissa McCarthy as Ursula was really the perfect pick when you think about it. Because when I saw Ursula and I saw Melissa McCarthy in the makeup and the getup in the movie, I thought, yep, she would look like the type of woman that would try to like bring you in and talk to you and try to just sweet talk you into a deal which could easily screw you up. Melissa McCarthy looks like the type of person that could do that. And perfect casting with that. Holly Bailey... Perfect as Ariel with the singing, the looking of innocence, all that packaged. I mean, it was absolutely perfect. Now, I have a question here that has been ringing at the top of my head since I saw Little Mermaid. Like, literally, as I was watching it, I thought, Holly Bailey, she did the right thing by continuing on the path of being this family-friendly Esque star right now, while on the other end of her spectrum, you have her sister Chloe Bailey. Which, right now, people are really it's really a 50 50 with Chloe Bailey. For the people that don't know, um, Holly Bailey's sister, Chloe Bailey, those two came up in the music industry, they were first introduced to the world technically as being like the proteges of Beyonce. That's like the first thing that. I ever known about them and me not being a musical guy I don't listen to so much music I have my certain people that I listen to and that's about it until I like venture out to other things but getting back to the point here you see these two little girls come in they're so innocent they look innocent and they just portray innocence completely across the board then they start getting to acting they're on the tv show grownish and then they start well, not they. Chloe makes a left turn. Chloe goes more of the adult route. She goes more talking risque, more being provocative, all that across the board. And you get 50-50 on social media. Certain people are liking it because it's the woman empowerment, all that type of stuff. While certain people are not liking it, they want to see her be still be positioned in the kid box. They want her still to be positioned as the family-friendly type of artist, the way that her sister is being presented. People don't know how to take Chloe Bailey here. Now, her sister will have to defend her on social media because a lot of people will be trying to get at Chloe, and I respect Holly for doing that for her sister because that's 
the bond that siblings have, so I respect that. But I just want to ask the question of when do we allow someone to change up their art and try something new and just give them that pass? When do we allow someone to just change it up? I'm cool with you seeing someone literally grow into who they are right now and they want to try something out to see if it works. I'm cool with that. A lot of people, they're not. I paid attention to people getting the backlash, giving backlash to Chloe, and it just didn't seem right. And I just would watch from a distance and I would just hear it. I'm like, okay. But then when I saw The Little Mermaid and I saw how much limelight, how much press, how much goodwill Holly was getting here, and now that she's going to be, well, they already made it, but it's going to be released in December. She's in the new... Uh, revamped version of the color purple and you can already start seeing where her star is going to go because again she's looks innocent she plays to the family she plays to the wholesome look and she can sing you can see where her star is going while the sister here she's tried something out she wanted to just expand and just go about her way and it just did not seem to work it did not gravitate the masses that it was supposed to gravitate towards it just didn't go that route so with that being the case here i would say chloe might have to try to go back with her sister and try to at least try to fix up her brand right now or fix up her image to at least be family friendly again until she gets a little bit more seasoned in the face instead of looking like a younger uh wholesome girl in the face because again chloe she still looks wholesome in the face she still looks young she still has the qualities of someone that's innocent, but she just happens to post bikini pics. She happens to post risque pics that, again, it always will pop up on these gossipy s websites, and it just doesn't help out Chloe in any instance. It doesn't. Again, you always have the people that will say, yes, let her post those up as someone that is about to become 25. She's should be doing this or at least she should be trying to figure out who she is and if that's what she's doing right now with posting the bikini pics posting the photos of what someone of her age is doing right now on social media let her find herself let her do what she do but then you got the people that will say nope don't do that because you're killing your brand you're killing your buzz you're just killing your stardom and i just don't know what people want I would just say, just let her be her. Let her do what she do. Let her find her way. And trust me, the people that will gravitate towards her, those will be the one. And trust me, she can still sing. I've listened to the song that she did with Chris Brown, and I like that one. But just awful, just appearance. Because people don't really talk about her singing like that. They always just talk about the risky photos and videos that she takes. People just don't think that that's right. Because, again, they still see her as a small, uh, innocent person. Again, she's about to be 25, ladies and gentlemen. You gotta let somebody experiment. You gotta let someone find out who they are. And she's still finding out who she is. So let her do her. But this isn't the takeaway from Holly Bailey's success right now. I'm glad that Holly Bailey's finding success. I'm glad that she's doing what she's doing in Hollywood. I just wanted to throw that question out. Because I see where Holly Bailey is going. And I just wondered... What is it going to take for Chloe Bailey to achieve that exact same stardom as her sister is going to achieve? 
as you can see it is right there in your face so that's just me wondering and also wondering when is someone going when is not someone when is the masses going to allow this girl to be able to experiment and find herself that's all i'm just trying to wonder and figure out now on to my last topic of today as i want to talk about shannon sharp shannon sharp nfl legend nfl hall of famer uh sports analyst co-partner of the undisputed with skip bayless well i should say former because it has been at least reported or at least alleged and it has not been disputed shannon sharp is leaving fs1's undisputed Sharp and Fox Sports, the parent company of Fox Sports 1, which airs Undisputed, had reached a buyout agreement, sources told The Post. Sharp's final show is expected to be aired after the 2023 NBA Finals concluded in June. Shannon Sharp's popular club Shay Shay podcast, which draws a big audience on social media and YouTube, will also be leaving uh, Fox Sports, a source said. Now, as this comes from the New York Post, this has been hitting the airwaves of the sports analyst world. Everybody's kind of talking about it. And after the game one of the NBA Finals between the Miami Heat and the Denver Nuggets, which the Denver Nuggets won, their second game is tonight. If you listen to this episode on the Sunday, but if you listen to it past, it happened on Sunday. Um, Charles Barkley, he was talking to some sports analysts, be more specific, basketball analysts, and he would kind of poke fun at, the whole situation of Skip Bayless being left by Shannon Sharp. And Charles and Skip, they don't have the best of relationships. Charles Barkley, he said publicly that he doesn't like Skip. He's said some disparaging things. And this just continues on with the deal between the two. But I'm about to play what Charles Barkley said about Shannon basically leaving FS1. You know, I don't do social media, so I get all my information off Bleacher Report. Uh-huh. I read an article today. You read something? I did. Okay. If you work with a damn idiot, they'll buy you out. <laughs> so, <laughs> if you, I'm saying, I read chill, it. I chill. thought. True. I'm just saying. I, <laughs> I'm telling you. Shaq, it's not you. It's not you. It's not you. Okay. It's not Ernie. It's Kenny. But apparently, if you work with a damn idiot, yeah. they'll buy you out. Okay. So I just want y'all to know, I'm open to the buyout. <laughs> the company can't afford the buyout. Now, that's Barkley talking about the situation. Uh, Stephen A. Smith, he would tweet out, I don't know what Shannon Sharp's plans are right now, but I know that if he wants to make his way over to First Take, I am here. Which is funny because if people know the history of First Take... It was Skip Bayless's show of First Take, and Skip Bayless brought Stephen A. Smith onto First Take. And now since Skip Bayless left ESPN to do his own show on Fox with Shannon, uh, Stephen A., he's become the man over there at ESPN. So how about a full circle moment of Shannon Sharp going over to ESPN on the show that Skip Bayless kind of propped up with the man that Skip Bayless help propped up Stephen A, those two being on first take, that'll be amazing. So right now, everything's up in the air with Shannon Sharp. Is he going to go over to ESPN? Is he going to do a Pat McAfee? For people that don't know Pat McAfee, he had a deal with FanDuel for, I believe, a couple hundred millions of dollars. Uh, ESPN kind of bought Pat McAfee out of that contract, and now he's over at ESPN, or he's going to make the way over to ESPN, him and his crew of guys, so he has a Pat McAfee show over there. I don't know if Shannon Sharp's going to follow that 
uh, wavelength because ESPN is trying to constantly evolve and go along with the trend. And right now, Shannon Sharp, he's the most uh, athletically respected person in the podcast game. You got all entertainment people that love Shannon Sharp. You got sports athletes that love Shannon Sharp. And Shannon Sharp, probably you want to go into the realm of politicians. I guarantee you, you could probably talk to some politicians, but I would probably stay away from that if I was Shannon. So what Shannon Sharp's doing with Club Shay Shay, his podcast and all that type of stuff, he's excelling well. And I just don't know where Shannon Sharp's going, but I'm going to be keeping my eye on it because this is interesting stuff. So right now, we do know Shannon Sharp, he's leaving FS1. He's leaving Undisputed. Uh, Skip's going to have no one at the time right now. And he just got to find a new person to kind of take over the reins when Shannon leaves. And Skip's going to try to find someone that is completely the opposite from him. Someone that will not be afraid to back down from him and someone that will be able to challenge him at every waking moment. I mean, Shannon was able to do so, but you could tell that Shannon wanted to say more, but he kind of was holding himself back on certain uh, situations that you know his anger was getting the better of him, and then he had to like pull back. We need to have someone that's not afraid to go full blast on someone like Skip, and I think the ratings will continue to go up when you get someone that's ready to just go lock and loaded against Skip on any particular topic, especially one that they feel that Skip is incredibly wrong on. So we'll have to wait and see who's going to take the reins from that. And I don't think Fox is just going to kill uh, Undisputed. So I'm going to be waiting to see who's going to take uh, Shannon's spot to go against Skip Bayless on the Undisputed show. Now, with that being the end of the show here, it's time for me to plug. I want you guys to please, if you did not listen to the midweek episode or the midweek breakdown, please go do so. It's me talking about Secession. The season finale was great. The season itself was great. The series was great. Go and watch the series and go listen to me talk about it. Um, that's up. I, if you listen to professional wrestling or you like professional wrestling, I talk about it on Saturday's episode of Wrestling Highlights of the Week, especially the betrayal that we have between the bloodline now that is now becoming a civil war. You can see it. Roman Reigns has his side. Jimmy Uso has his side. You can tell who's starting to go on each side. I'm just going to tell you right now, WWE is doing excellent storyline work with that particular storyline. It's nothing but upwards with the whole bloodline stuff. So please tune into that. Um, I believe that's it. Now, having said all that, I want to thank all the podcast stations that have me up there. You know who you are. I appreciate you guys because without those podcast stations, I won't be able to get to you guys, the downloaders. And I appreciate you guys every single week. I see who's downloading and see where you guys are coming from. So I appreciate you. So always remember. I love you. I love you. I love you. I you guys that's not a gimmick i truly mean that i hope you guys have a great and safe sunday and i hope you guys have a great and safe week as you guys will be here for me again either on a wednesday episode saturday episode or back again on a sunday episode now with that this has been my two cents podcast presented by g2 he is i and i am him i love you all please be safe and please have a blessed day now with that kanye can you please take these people home i'm tired you tired uh-huh. jesus wept uh-huh.